and welcome to another episode of Northside Now. This is the podcast where we take you on a tour through all of the ministries and the latest happenings around Northside Church to keep you better connected with your church family. My name is Patrick, and with me as always is my fabulous co-host, Glenn Miller. Jumbo. What's up? I heard Jumbo. like I heard elephants as you were coming in the door. Like, how is Africa? <laughs> you're you're back in the I am country. out of Africa. Yeah. <laughs> I had to turn up the volume on my rim shot. <laughs> oh, man. Africa trip was great. Yeah. It was really good. It, we did some really great ministry with the folks there at Gamasara, and that is blowing and going like some craziness. Yeah. So church was full, standing room only, That's literally awesome. out on the front porch watching. But yeah, it was great. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the team was, was wonderful. We got to do a lot of different cool projects with them and hang out with the kids. And then, you know, we go on safari yeah. at the end. Well, that's, I saw your TikTok that you posted with the elephants. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm going to slowly release videos. And really, this year I didn't take my big camera. So yeah. last time I went, I took my big camera. I took a ridiculous <laughs> amount of pictures. So this year I was like, I'm going to tamper myself down. Yeah. I'm really going to try to hit just video clips. Yeah. And I took a few pictures, of course, but uh, just all my phone, everything off my phone. Nice. Uh, so I had several more video clips to post yet. Awesome. So, so I was kind of hanging out. Yeah, my favorite one so far, and it may be my favorite one of my entire life, unless something like this happens again, is when the lions are fighting. Oh, yeah? And, <laughs> and rock our car. We have oh. a big land. We, we're all in these Land Rovers. And these two male lions get into it, and it hit, they hit our car. <laughs> and it rocks it back and forth. Like, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. They're loud, too, when they I've, fight. I've never been that close to lions before. I don't know. Well, uh, I had one from about me to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's, literally about the hood of the car. That's it's terrifying. about for me to you right now. Because I don't imagine that the car would really do much to stop a lion if it really wanted to get inside. Now, when the uh, when the safari guide, the driver, is rolling up his window, I'm sitting up front with him. He's rolling up his window and leaning back trying to get in my seat. You're like, they're a little close. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's not, a little close. Not like the safari park here. And <laughs> it's not. Yeah, he's like, we're not in Alamo anymore, yeah. Toto. You don't yeah. have a, a bucket of food. You're no, <laughs> no, you don't feed these animals. Yeah, because they might just feed you. Yeah. to each other. <laughs> Funny thing about that lion story is they just finished eating something. We never could find it. I really wanted to. <laughs> I was kind of like Robin Bradley and I were like, let's go find the kill because that would be really cool. Yeah, I mean their faces were red and stuff. So. But, dude, they were sacked out. I mean, you could have probably jumped on one of these things, and they would have never known it. <laughs> but uh, that male lion that did all that, roar, he went over and messed with a female. was, like, nuzzling her and, like, I want to lay here. Yeah. She jumped up and slapped him seven <laughs> times before he realized she had even moved. Good. And laid right back down in her spot, and he just looked dejected and laid down somewhere else <laughs> and was out for the count. That's, but uh, yeah, you. It's crazy how close you can get to them when they're knocked out like that. Yeah, lions were cool. We saw some cheetahs though, ah. and they came as close as the lions did. That's and cool. last time I went, I saw everything I saw this time except for a cheetah, and that was the coolest thing. They were hunting around a water hole with a bunch of hippos. I'm, there's no way to describe hippo smell, by the way. <laughs> That's a horrible smell. But uh, the cheetahs were hunting around the water hole. And I was just, oh, one of these is going to, they're going to let loose and take off running. And then we're going to get to see this whole thing. But never did. Uh, they snuck up on some birds. You can't be a dumb animal in the Serengeti and live very long. <laughs> 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 but great trip. Wonderful stuff. The church at Gamasara is just doing wonderful. And the school is great. Uh, Moses, my father's house. Awesome. 
Emmanuel is wonderful, doing great, and um, got to see Anna and, That's good. again, and yeah. and then Angel House, the orphanage, and it's just so much. It's growing. They have electricity down. Oh, nice! I gave yeah. you the uh, the set list or the tech yeah. the tech booth list. I really appreciate it. I couldn't really read anything <laughs> on it, but. It was cool. I was like, I saw that. Cool that they have a tech sheet now. That's yeah. Funny. Patrick needs to see this. I took a snapshot of it. Yeah. And uh, they had a tech booth. That's pretty funny. That's awesome. You know, now they can play like off of a computer, uh, some music and stuff and do that. So yeah, electricity is, is very helpful, but yeah, I just don't want to see, lose their innocence of, yeah. of just, man, everything being wrapped around the church, you know, and I've said it on here yeah. before is, yeah, I blame electricity for the downfall of man pretty much. <laughs> I mean, there's an argument there for sure. <laughs> well, you know, we all went in our homes and turned our lights on and turned each other off yeah. until we start making TikToks and stuff. And then we laugh and make gossip about each other because yeah. of our postings. Well, hey, now the AI is about to rise and yeah. we have a common enemy in electricity. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I, um, I might just need to go be a safari guide yeah. in Africa. <laughs> it might be my next gig to get away from the AI. <laughs> the AI is on the rise. And, you know, the funny thing is we're here. School's about to start in a couple of weeks, dude. Can you believe this? Uh, it's When I was younger and adults would talk about how time just seemed to fly, like I didn't really get it. Oh, yeah. But as I'm getting older, it's like I could swear this year just started. And now we're already like, it's almost August. and Or we, I mean, I guess now that you're listening to this, it, it is, is August. August. Yeah. Today. Yeah, today is August. So that is going to put us, let's say 30, 60, 90. Yeah, we're days away from a holiday season. Oh, I know. It's almost Christmas. Yeah. I mean, we're basically talking, you know, holiday season really starts right after Labor Day, basically. Yeah. But till you start doing all the holidays from fall break on, so let's say Halloween on the end of October, Yeah, it's full holiday go. Oh, yeah. But I mean, the choir is about to have to start practicing for the cantata. Uh-huh. I've already been talking about stage design stuff and yeah. things like that for what we're going to do for Christmas. And Yeah. Yeah. We're already planning out. So. Yeah, well, it, it has been, I've been planning stuff for 2024 yeah, already. I like your big calendar you put up on your <laughs> office wall. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Miranda came on staff and what put a little four-month yeah, calendar Yeah, she, she bought like this dry erase calendar that went on her office wall that had four months. So I liked it. So I bought a six-month calendar. So Glenn liked it and he bought a 12-month. So it takes up the whole wall in his <laughs> office. And he, he had foot to, long, dude. He had to outdo us. So. <laughs> But I love it already because oh, yeah. I can see, I can turn around and see everything and you, up there. It just helps to visualize it. It, it does. It really does so. yeah, I, I mean, I use Google calendars and the Microsoft Teams. I use all the tools we have all yeah. the time. I mean, I, I live in them. I can't even think what I've got coming up without it in my face. <laughs> but to turn around and see that all at a glance is very helpful. It's very helpful. Yeah. So yeah, that it's a big monster calendar. <laughs> but you know what that tells me? That big monster calendar says, yeah, I better do some Christmas shopping soon. Yeah, for real. But we're about to start back to school. And one of my favorite things about going back to school growing up as a kid was you got new shoes, oh. new tennis shoes. Yeah. So when I got back from Africa, because I took my tennis shoes with me and pretty well destroyed them in <laughs> <laughs> all the dust and dirt, it was dry there and they yeah. need rain. So pray for rain for Africa, or at least for Tanzania in that area. God bless the rains down in Africa. Yes. <laughs> yes. Someone should write a song about that. Yeah. But anyways, um, 
So we went and got new shoes, and I was thinking, you know, all the back-to-school signs are up, because I think the tax-free weekend was just this past weekend, mm-hmm. or this coming something weekend, like that, something yeah. like that. So, so all the tennis shoes signs, you know, get your kids new shoes. So some cool, white, bright white shoes. I haven't had any white shoes in a while, so I'm pretty <laughs> pumped to have some new shoes here at the start of school. My problem is I get a brand new pair of white shoes and they stay white for about a day. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're kind of brown and dirty. Yeah. yeah and that's, I'm, I'm rough on shoes. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm, I'm going to just have to baby these though. Because they're Adidas. <laughs> I haven't had Adidas since I was a kid. Oh, yeah? Um, maybe I'm going through a midlife or late life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you can run faster in them? Yeah, I did try to run around the little track. Uh, there was a little boy there getting his shoes for school. And his mama said, I bet that man will run around like you're running around in your shoes. And I looked at her and was like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. That was always my thing when I was a kid. And I got a new pair. Of, man, I bet I can run so fast in yeah. these shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because it's back to school, we, uh, we last year, we had uh, Judy Brown from Trinity in and kind of talked about getting your kid ready to go back to school and kind of some of the new school adventures and stuff. Well, this year, we moved over to JCS and had our very own coach, Will Reichert. Um, we interviewed him right before I left to go to Africa. So we're just going to be upfront about that because, um, <laughs> you know, we're doing this recording right here way after we recorded him. But we think it's important to release you know, kind of help your kid get ready to go back to school. And the fun thing about Will is he's a football coach. Yeah. And so we talk about, you know, getting your athletes, your student athletes ready for school and stuff. Yeah. So I do have to say, I'm like, when we talk about sports, I have very little to offer in, <laughs> into the conversation. My my uh, sports knowledge basically comes from the movies that I've watched. So, <laughs> you know, when we talk about football, it's like I've watched Remember the Titans. And <laughs> this is the extent of my football knowledge is so, the movies I've seen. So which football movie is your favorite? That's tough. Probably yeah. remember the Titans. Yeah, I mean it's hard that's to beat that's that why one. that one popped in my head first. I think because I've I've watched that one more than that's a good movie. Facing the Giants, that Christian yeah. one they did. That's a good one. That too. was better than you think it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, uh, they have that one iconic scene where the kids bear crawling with a dude on his back. Yeah, I mean that, that's been used in so many youth rooms and oh, coaches' <laughs> studios over the years. It's just you know what a great yeah. emotional motivator there. Yeah. You can do more. <laughs> Rudy is also a Rudy really good, is good yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think baseball probably wins the best sports movies. Oh, yeah. Well, you got Field of Dreams. Does that mm-hmm. count as a baseball movie? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is the baseball uh, movie. The a natural. League, a league, league of, of their, their own. own. <laughs> I just watched that one not too long ago. I, I like that movie a lot. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we, we talk a little football with, with Will and, uh, you know, he shares some cool stuff with us, but he's also an English teacher. And, and really a lot of people don't realize this is coaches are not hired to coach. Yeah. They're hired as a teacher first. And then if you have a coaching ability, <laughs> but that's literally how it's done. However, you know, yeah. we're going to go hire us a coach and whatever they teach, then too bad for you if you <laughs> teach that because they're going to teach it too. So he's a, he's an English teacher. Yeah. And so we talk a little bit with him about like AI and can you tell if a kid had a computer write their their <laughs> message for you and stuff. He has a great perspective on that. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about that quite a bit. So I think it's a very insightful conversation. It is. So, so let's um let's uh, jump right over to uh, coach Will Reichert from Jackson Christian. And we're here with Coach Will Reichert. Welcome to the podcast room. Very glad to be here. Very glad to be so, here. So, uh, yeah, one of the first things he said when he walked in was like, oh, this is a cool room. 
It's probably the coolest room at church. It is. People it's, just don't know about it. It's not hot. <laughs> it's the opposite of hot. That's pretty much all I well, can yeah, say. Well, yeah, we were talking. I'm a big fan of being isolated. So yeah. like, I can. Yeah. I like that. Like, kind of in your own little cubby over here. Yeah. yeah bunker. Used to be, I used to live down here and it was the greatness. Bunker. Greatness. <laughs> This is releasing in August, but we're recording this in July. And the reason being is because you're a little bit busy today, whatever day this releases. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because yeah. football coaches, the 1st of August and end of July in the South, I guess everywhere, but I played football in the South. So we got to say in the South. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's different down here. It, mean, it means more, it right? Because yeah. it's hotter. Because <laughs> it's hotter. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in a time where you didn't have breaks. What, what's the 105? Is that when y'all have to... Oh, yeah. At some point when it gets too hot, our trainer will kick us off. And, you know, he's got the little instrument that he measures everything with. I think it's like 105. And now it's like dew point and humidity. It takes right. all kinds of factors into it. But. I would have loved to have seen that happen when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the 80s. You got to get off the field. It's too hot. In the what? state of Texas. <laughs> you complain about it being too hot. They just make you run more. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I got an idea, guys. Come back this afternoon. We'll do more yeah. for two days. When know, it's hotter. Science has revealed that um, our players are more effective when they're, you know, conscious. And, <laughs> it does you know, help. So it, it, it does help. It does. You know. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just rubbed dirt on stuff back then. You got to put them through the crucible, you know. That's... All right, and then so as an old football player, you got to know, is, does this thing still exist? All right, boys, you can go over and get some water. And so you run over, and there was a PVC pipe with holes drilled into it, like a big square. Glenn, how, how old are you exactly? I, I, mean, I graduated <laughs> in the 80s. You had to go so. get the bucket up from the well. Yeah, no, no, no but, but the PVC water. pipe that had like, uh, you know, moss coming out of the little hole with it and stuff. You know, that was oh, man, we were, stuff. Yeah, remember, we were a private school. We got like nice stuff like water bottles and man. stuff like that. They've got an actual garden hose you drink garden hose. <laughs> yeah this thing would hook to a garden hose <laughs> that's the way they did it back in the day you know when i played in junior high you know you had to like fight for the t-bar face mask yeah if you just had like the single little bars like roger staubach used to wear you mm-hmm. were just you, you yeah, were you're, cool you're, to have the you're t-bar. definitely dating yourself here. oh yeah i'm old i'm old so but yeah <laughs> that's the reason i, I don't coach football now it's how way many concussions me. have you had five actually <laughs> that he remembers five yeah. that i remember so yeah i actually did a, did the math one day and so so how is coaching football now in the world of nil and all that stuff is it how long have you been coaching now, Will? Uh, 10 years. 10 years. So yep. you've been doing it for a minute. Mm-hmm. So have you seen it change that much in the last 10 years? And I mean, let's just kick COVID out of the way. But that's, you know, COVID was very different. Um, as far as coaching, not not really. Yeah. You know, if I'm being honest, you know, kids haven't really changed. I think how we treat kids mm-hmm. have changed. I think this generation, they want to know why more. But a lot of times, if you explain to them why we're doing something, you know, and you hold them accountable, the, the work ethic's still there. Kids are still tough. You yeah. know, you might have to draw it out a little more. But, you know, you hear people all the time saying kids are soft. Uh, kids, yeah. uh, but, you know, they're really not. If you motivate them appropriately and you, you give them goals and you hold them accountable, like kids are still tough. Um, it's about how you how you treat them and how you go about it. So from that aspect, no. You know, stuff's always shifting. Like, like oh, you said, yeah. you know, every year it seems like something comes out. And eventually, all the stuff that's going on in college, the transfer portal and the NIL, eventually that, that's going to trickle down to some degree. But right now, we're not really dealing with a lot of it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. that's good. One of the things, uh, you know, in baseball this year, they're wearing that looks like an oven mitt when they run the bases. Mm. Oh, yeah, the Put sliding glove. Sliding glove yeah. thing on. It looks like an oven mitt. <laughs> I told, told Celeste, if I come to a ball game and Clay's out there with an oven mitt on, 
I want to have some problems. I mean, that's what we do as old people are like, you got to be tough. You know, you're not as tough as you used to be, you know? So it's good to hear that kids are, they are They're. I mean, and that's what we experience here at the church. Kids are kids, right? Yep. They're not that much difference. It's a lot of the stuff going on around them yep. that changes and stuff. Well, it's interesting. I get this a little bit from the soccer side, but I know baseball with some rule changes around how the game's played, et cetera. Mm probably trickle down in soccer it's this way so you have a lot of things that are tested at international level and then it's it trickles down into the more of the grassroots playing so they're considering now offside it's a big thing in soccer so how you rule that is maybe changing oh really and so i would imagine that i don't know how much in football that happens i know at the professional level there's all kinds of things that they do a little bit differently but imagine that might trickle down at some points baseball is the same thing you know yeah. you've got the timers the clocks and stuff that's a little different yeah i couldn't imagine adding more <laughs> Oh, yeah, more, more, more complexity to it. Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's a great lesson you can take from football. It's like the game's always going to evolve. And as a coach and even as a player, you can sit there and, you know, complain about it and say, like, this is ruining the game. Or you can adapt exactly. um, and just make do with hey, this is the new reality. And so for the rule changes, like a lot of times that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to adapt and. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we did learn, you know, hydrated students are much better athletes. <laughs> sure, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of uh-huh. stuff we did learn over time. And, you know, from 35 plus years that I haven't been in high school and college and different stuff, you know, we did learn a lot. And so you want to implement all of those good things sure. and, and equipment's better. And, you know, sure. we did need it because, you know, I didn't play that far into college, but all of my concussions came prior to that. Right. And I oh. did have five. <laughs> Some, a couple were from bicycle wrecks though, but uh, still. <laughs> what about heat stroke? <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, that's, that was not good. Yeah. But you, you don't want your kids going through that stuff. It's, no, this you, stuff you, has long-term effects mm-hmm. to it. No, so. you really don't. And if you, you look at the majority of coaches now, there's some that give us a bad name, but most coaches that I know are so concerned with player mm-hmm. safety. You know, I think like, if you look at our season last year, I think we maybe had one diagnosed concussion, but that's due to rule changes. That's due yeah. to better equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm of the opinion, like that that's good for the game. That's going to help grow the game. Kids aren't getting concussed and you know having heat stroke. Like, that's a good thing for us. You yeah. know, at the end of the day, we want our players to be safe. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, it's an inherently dangerous game. I get that. But whatever we can do to protect them, like we want to make sure we're doing those. Sure. For sure. So how's the game of football changed in your time of playing and your time of coaching versus is it more like, because I know even in church league, everybody wants to run down the court and shoot up the three, you know, because of Curry <laughs> yeah. and stuff. It's kind of like what Kevin was saying, you know, things kind of cycle down. But some years you may not just have the horses to run the plays right. that you want to run, you know, if you have a certain coaching philosophy. So sure. could anyone come out and run like a power eye or single wing or wishbone or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. World? Absolutely. You know, Ooh, and I'll, yeah. I'll try not to get it. <laughs> uh, I love talking about scheme. And so I'm going to yeah. try not to get too into the weeds right here. Um, but we actually played a team last year in the quarterfinals, Middle Tennessee Christian. They run a single wing offense. Yeah. And if you look at it, it looks like something straight from the 1940s. Yeah. You know, you probably ran it when you were playing. Yeah. Not saying yeah. you played in the 1940s. Yeah, but, with my leather yes, helmet. Yeah. My leather helmet. That, yeah, he but, did. But, <laughs> but, but a lot of teams still do that because everybody else, like you said, is so wide open and mm-hmm. trying to spread the ball around. So a lot of times teams like that have an advantage because nobody's equipped to deal with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. Football it's cyclical, like things go out of style and come back mm. into style. So if you look 10 years ago with Oregon, you know, everybody wants to run the four receiver, spread it out, go fast up and down the field. But now if you watch an NFL game or a college game, teams are going back to using tight ends and multiple mm-hmm. tight ends. And they're still running up tempo. They're still trying to run fast, but it's a lot more power football now. 
and you see how it's kind of evolved back to kind of what they were doing maybe in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, teams are going under center more, and they're, they're mixing it up. So who knows what that's going to look like 10 years from now. At Jackson Christian, one of our base run places, Buck Sweep. Like you probably mm-hmm. ran Buck Sweep in yeah. Texas in yeah. 1980. Yeah. But that's one of our base run plays. Football doesn't really change that much. Mm-hmm. You know, like the base of what you're trying to do is still pretty simple. You're trying to run the ball and tackle the ball carrier. Yeah. And things go in and out of style, but the core of it doesn't really change that much. Yeah. And an element of that is who you have to play. Oh, absolutely. The players. So if you don't have strength at whatever position, yeah. mm-hmm. probably not going to draw plays that really utilize that. I remember, uh, you know, playing both sides of the ball. Of course, mm-hmm. if you, I've got a nephew that lives in Oklahoma, and so everybody's very specialized there, just oh, because yeah. it's yeah. such a huge uh, place for football. But a lot of times, you got players that are playing both sides of the ball and special teams. They're just pretty much out there the whole time, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, especially like Jackson Christian Small School. Yeah. Yeah, and you know we're blessed. We have fifty, fifty-five on our, on our roster. Um, but what you said earlier is, is spot on. You have to plan for the guys you have on your team. Yeah, like at Jackson Christian, we don't have huge linemen. Like if you look at our offensive line, our biggest lineman maybe. 230, 240. So we're not going to line up in the power eye mm. and you know yeah. try to run the ball down teams' throats. It's not going to be effective. But we do have good receivers. You know, we have a four-star guy who's been recruited by Tennessee and Auburn. So we're like, hey, let, let's get the ball to him nice. instead on the edge yeah. and let him do stuff. So, uh, yeah, you got to be mindful of who you have on your team. And at the end of the day, if you're putting your players in bad situations, you're failing them, right? You want to yeah. put them in situations yeah. where they can be successful, they can be confident. Um, and that's kind of our job as a coach to do that. Yeah, because you represent the school and everybody else, you know, as I think that's what a lot of people need to remember about coaches is, especially for schools and things is, you know, I coach for the school, yep. not necessarily for your family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know, they're the ones paying me, number one. Number exactly. two, it's the school's name, you know, yep. so mm-hmm. so that's, you have to make those decisions sure. based what's best for the team. And, you yep. know, you do that by individuals, kind of like doing everything else you do with organizations sure. or stuff like that so i want to go back to something you said because you you said a lot of times the guys want to know why Uh now how much influence have things like madden football Mm -hmm. and all that the kids grow up playing how does that influence the game today at a high school level now that's a good question i'm not sure because what kids do when they get on those games is typically they're trying to run the plays that are going to beat the the system you know what i'm saying so i don't know how much knowledge guys are getting from those games you know, every once in a while, we'll have a guy come in the office, but hey, coach, can I drop a play for you? I'm like, where'd you get that from? Oh, it works on Mad. So get out of here, man. <laughs> you know, have you ever tried any of those plays? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you'd be surprised how realistic some of these video games are. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, so some of, yeah. some of them work. But like for the why, it's more like if I'm asking a guy, you know, he's got to do a hard job on a certain play, right? And I keep asking him to do that over and over again. He's like, Coach, why do I have to do this? I got you. It's showing him like, hey, here's how this helps our system in this particular moment. Yeah. And once you sit him down and you explain that to him, that's when you're like, oh, okay, I get that. And it's not that he doesn't want to do it. He just wants to know like, why am I having to do this hard job, mm-hmm. right? And that's where it can be trying sometimes because like you said, like the old school mentality is you're going to do what I tell you to do yeah. and you're all like it, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. But if you have the patience to sit down and say, hey, here's why I want you to do this. Here's how it opens up for this guy over here. That's when it kind of clicks and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, football is with 11 people going against another 11 people. Soccer, this to a point, I feel like baseball is a little bit different but with football, 
each person has to execute their task mm-hmm. yep. every single time in order to make the results good because you have, you know, one-on-one basically trying to execute their task and they're trying to prevent you from that. You know, soccer is a little bit more that way, but I think baseball, you're kind of waiting, are the ball going to get hit to me or yeah. not, you know, <laughs> so I can really kind of stand over here, you know, pick a flower or whatever. <laughs> but football, when the ball is snapped, you have to do your thing right to make the play. It's, it's, it's a, such a strategic game. I don't think people realize. It, it really is. And that's one of the beautiful things. At the end of the day, it's a game, yeah. right? And, yeah. and I, I'm blessed to be able to, part of my living is to coach a game. Yeah. But you do learn lessons like that that are so valuable. Because think about how that applies to, mm-hmm. you know, your life, right? Being a smaller part of a whole, like, that's a valuable skill to take in. And honestly, it's something that people don't get outside of organized sports a lot, right? Yeah. Because our, our society is so individual-based. Like, you do you. You get yours. Mm-hmm. But one thing football and other sports do is it teaches you how I have to sacrifice my needs sometimes for the betterment of the whole. Yeah. And that's an important lesson, man. It really is. And it's not always perfect, right? Like I wish that all 11 guys could execute their job on any given play, but when they mess up, showing them, walking them through, okay, now how do we handle failure? How do we handle adversity? Um, Those are things you get in this silly, dumb game we play you know what i'm saying well i mean you stop and think about it because you're 30 something years old and roy over here is getting all the accolades because you know at at work because he's hitting it or doing whatever it is he's doing just great but your job doesn't have you kind of in that position i mean i don't know i always wanted my daughters to marry linemen for that reason right there (laughs) they're just steady for the most part offensive linemen especially they're just kind of steady for the and they do their job and they do it kind of in this non-assuming quiet way no so i mean they have gotten a little (laughs) bit of accolades over the years a little bit more people starting to realize that but you know, that's just kind of ha- how you do in life, you yeah. know? And when things do get strenuous or are tough, you know, you tell kids, it's like, there's going to come a time when that's going to be, everything seems to be breaking up. The car's not working. The bills aren't, are a little bit behind and the baby's sick and things are crying. You know, how are you going to respond then? Mm-hmm. That it, It's more than just a few more inches or getting to that goalpost down there. It's, it's about that character building that happens exactly. for life from then on. And I mean, I oversimplified it and joked a little bit, but you know, that's really what I learned from playing oh, team sports. Uh, football was one of my biggest ones, but yeah, absolutely. that's what I learned from it. And it's learning how to not let circumstances dictate how you're going to perform. Yeah. Like, like you said, there's going to be days where life's going to kick you in the teeth, you yeah. know, and you're going to want to throw your hands up. Like, And I tell my guys all the time, if this is the hardest thing you ever do, you're going to live a blessed life. Mm. Yeah, right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> um, but it's preparing them for how to deal with that. Yeah. Right. Like, like you said, when the bills are late, when the kid's crying, when things are going wrong, like how are you going to respond in that moment? So that, that's another beautiful thing we can, we can take from that, from football. Yeah. And the reality of it is you're not hired as a football coach. You're hired as a teacher. Yes, absolutely. And, and getting to coach is something you need to do on top of that. So you right. teach English? English, yes. It's really funny because I thought he was a math teacher for all these years. <laughs> I thought you were a math teacher forever. I'm the opposite of that, bro. That's brother. really funny. <laughs> it wasn't too long ago. I was like, you teach English? Because I just learned you teach English. Yeah, there's like, not a lot of us football coach slash English teachers. <laughs> there's not. There's I really mean, not. Yeah, most of you teach history. Yeah, or PE. You know, yeah, that's the history class you want to take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going to show videos and not take hard tests, you know. So what's life in the English world? When you get in the classroom, how's things changed in that part of the world? Well, uh, see, the big, teaching the big struggle with English teachers now is that students don't really read that much mm. anymore. 
Wow. Y'all probably know this because you have older children. They're reading a lot on their phones. You know what I'm saying? Like they're reading yeah. a lot of articles. But as far as like long form text, as far as reading a book, like a narrative from page one to page 200, they're not getting a lot of that anymore. So that's really the big struggle right now in the English world. It's okay. How do we combat this, right? Mm-hmm. Kids aren't reading because scientifically their attention spans are shorter. They're not worse. They're yeah. different. They're, they're shorter. So how can we keep kids engaged in actually reading books? Because science proves that like when you don't read as much, you, you lose things, yeah. right? Like being able to critically think through an entire narrative is important. So that's the struggle now is like, how do we meet kids and get them to read? Because it's kind of like what we talked about in football. In the past, you'd be like, you're going to read this book and you're mm-hmm. going to take a test on it. And if you don't do it, you're going to make a bad grade. <laughs> is there a more effective way to do that? Yeah. Is there is there a way we can show kids, hey, here's why you need to read? Um, the example I use is math homework, right? Mm-hmm. Like every night you go home and you do your math homework and nobody argues about that. Like, you know, that's something you have to do. Somewhere we lost that in English class, you need to go home and you need to read so that's, that's kind of what we're battling right now. And some kids do read. You know, you still have kids yeah. who, who have a fondness for reading and who are okay with it. Um, but for the majority, it's it's kind of a lost thing in our in our school systems. Yeah. What about the writing side? Can you tell if little Patrick has a, had a chat GPT oh write, write his, oh, write that's, his, that's the his paper one. for that, you? That's, or that, that's what I was about to bring up next. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's hard. It really is. You have to have a familiarity with the student's writing style at the beginning. Because, uh, you know, if I have a student who's writing on a certain writing level, then all of a sudden they give me a, a five-point essay that's talking about quantum mechanics. You know, like, hey, did you write with that? Footnotes. Yeah, <laughs> with, with footnotes. With footnotes and a bibliography. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah th- that's going to be fishy. But, you know, where it gets tricky is if you have a high-level student who uses it to write a paper. And sometimes it's hard to prove because, you know, these AIs that are supposed to recognize them, they d- they're not very accurate at yeah. this point, at least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a big struggle. I don't know if we have to go back to handwriting all our essays or using typewriters in the classroom. I, I don't know. But, yeah, that's kind of a kind of the monster that's lurking over in the corner right now. Well, handwriting, that mess yeah. a bunch of people up with. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. So at some point, we're going to have to deal with that as, yeah. as educators because that's only that's not going away. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's going to get yeah. worse and worse. And, and AI can be a useful tool. Like there's sure. a teacher at our school who you know encourages them to use it for editing. You know, so there's ways to incorporate it into the writing. But obviously, we don't want kids generating their whole essay from ChatGPT. Yeah. So hopefully, somebody smarter than me and more educated than me is going to deal with that problem, and then it'll trickle down to me, and I'll know how to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just I think I would be using it because I'm all about you want to make the grade right. Absolutely. So, if I were to grades. sit here, if I were to sit here and tell you that seventeen-year-old Will Riker wasn't going to use ChatGPT, I'd be lying through my teeth. I'd be all over that thing. Yeah, because I mean, I would use Patrick. He's like, "What'd you get on this?" You know, so you know, we want to get the the grade yeah. more than we want to get the education. And, and, and that's what's hard. You have a kid who who doesn't use it. What if he gets a B? Yeah. And the kid who used it gets an A. Like, of course, that's that's right. going to raise his own issues, right? So dealing with all that is it's going to be difficult. I mean, in the end, you got to trust them, right? You yeah, gotta, you got to you yeah. got to address it. You got to say, "Hey, we know this is a thing," but cheating's been around since like Plato's day when they're writing on clay tablets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? They just like, pay the smarter kid to write right. your yeah, tablet. Exactly, too, yeah. exactly. So we have a tendency to overblow the problem, right? Like, oh, Chat GPT yeah. is going to be the end of the educational system, and honestly, it's probably not because, like I said, people have been cheating forever. Yeah. We just have to address it and deal with it and learn how to move on. 
the trick's going to be how you can leverage it to help you learn what you need to learn. Exactly. Yeah, because it's not going away. Exactly. You know, it's just like, I think about this similarly to the print versus cursive thing. Mm. <laughs> right. Because hardly any kids know how to use cursive sure. anymore. Because they don't necessarily need to. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, when do you need to actually hand write something? Mm-hmm. You can type it in your phone. You can, you know type it on a laptop or computer or whatever. So, you know, why the old schoolers might say, well, they need to know how to write. And what? Well, the times are changing where they don't necessarily need to have that skill in the same way. So mm-hmm. how how is AI going to factor into learning what they need to learn? Right. It will happen. Yeah. Just a matter of women. That's really the big battle in education right now is because these students have access to more information than anybody's ever had in the history of right. the world. That gets all right there on their fingertips. It's so it's so much not as teaching them how to memorize facts because they have that. There's there's really not sure. a need. Like yeah. it's, it's like the print versus cursive thing. Right. Do you really need to know all the capitals of Africa when you can look it up in half a second? Yeah. It's more so like okay, we're trying to teach them how to think now, mm-hmm. like how to think critically, and that's where some educators have difficulty, right? Because for so long school's been about we're memorizing facts and we're learning mm-hmm. how to apply those. Well, now they already have the facts, so how do we teach them how to wade through all that information and how to apply it to particular situations? Uh, and that's that's really where I think education is going mm-hmm. for for better or for worse. And like you said, we gotta we gotta adapt. We gotta learn how to apply this to what they need to know. Yeah, we've talked about before where now a critical skill is how do you look at some information online and know that it's factual Oh gosh, or know yes. that you can trust it <laughs> yeah. or, you know, how, how do you find a source that's reliable? Mm-hmm. Because if you see it on Pinterest or you see it on Instagram, is it automatically true or right? Well, I think Tide Pods would tell you no. <laughs> we've been over this. <laughs> if it's on the internet, it's true. Well, you right. You can't go hey, on the you internet. Need to get out of here. This is- <laughs> You're, you're, you're undermining everything I'm trying to teach these young people. You're in detention, one, buddy. One, Kevin. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's a critical skill that kids today need to know. And are we teaching it? I think that that is happening to yeah. some extent. But those are the kinds of things where I can imagine if I was teaching for 30 years, it would be hard oh, to adjust and change to that. But it's going to be needed. Is our testing changing? I mean, is testing like standardized tests and stuff? You know, I know those are still benchmarks or whatever, mm-hmm. but is the testing changing to ask the question in a way differently than what they used to? I'm not entirely sure about the answer to that. I'm sure it is. Like, for example, at Harding in my old school, I taught AP English. You know, that's a standardized test. At the mm-hmm. end of that course, you take yeah. an AP test. That was changing. Okay. And essentially what they're doing is they're trying to take out the subjectivity out of the test. Okay. Um, so, because I, I think the problem was kids were upset or confused about why this person got this score and this person got this score. So they really tried to streamline everything so that you could kind of quantify the scores and the answers and all that type of stuff, which is hard in English, right? Mm-hmm, like, right. It's, like it, <laughs> that sounds like a math guy designed that test, right? <laughs> right, hey, right. We're, we're going to, we're going to take all the subjectivity out of a writing portion of English. Well, I don't know if you can do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I imagine that's what's happening for other standardized tests is really people trying to cover their tails Right? Yeah. So they can yeah. explain, okay, here's why the student got this. And everything has to be like very objective, very quantifiable. So there's there's not a whole lot of room of, well, did this person get this because they came from this background? Did this mm. person get this? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, so I, I know that's happening as far as other stuff. I don't know tons about standardized tests and what goes into that. Yeah. I just know the standards I have to hit and hopefully I hit them. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be tough. So as a teacher, as a coach, 
besides, we're just going to take, we're going to take one away from you. So you can't say read more and start reading. Sure. Do yeah. your summer reading. Yeah. So, so your kid needs to read more. No doubt. Okay. Everybody's kids need to read more. We all need to read more. And, and here's, I will say this to that point. You don't have to love reading. And that's what I stress to my students all the time. Like my job is not to make you love reading. Yeah. Like, do you love reading? Sometimes. Sometimes. It depends like, on what that subject is. Most people don't love reading and that's okay. As long as they understand that it's a valuable skill, mm-hmm. it's going to be practical for your life someday. Right. That, to know how to read and know how to think critically about what you're reading. So yeah. I want to, I want to yeah, couch that into what yeah. you said. Like, yeah. what are some other things that parents can do? And I'm going to ask this in two different ways. So the first one to help get their students ready. You know, we're about to go back to school. I mean, everybody's in that process right now. You know, it's all like, hey, back to school. Yeah. So what's a few things that parents can do to kind of help get their kids ready to go back into so classroom? I'll give you two things. One from me and one from Dr. Reichard, who said that I have to talk about this on this for kids <laughs> okay. going back to school. Okay. <laughs> all right. So the first one I think is for parents is understanding that for anybody, right, whether you have like the most outgoing, bright student, going back to school is naturally a stressful situation. Mm, yeah. Right. So the more you can do as a parent to alleviate that stress, the more positivity you show to going back to school, I think that helps everybody in the process. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, tons. So if you have a kid who, who's already stressed about going back to school, and when they talk to their parents, their parents are being very negative about it too. Yeah. Like that's not going to help anything. Yeah. Because your teachers are probably stressed too. Your administrators are probably stressed. So the more we can just look on this as a positive thing, the better it is. Yeah. Right. And just helping your child, helping your student build those positive attitudes is it going to be perfect no we got to understand that for most kids going back to school is stressful man sure you know like you got all kinds of social educational athletic things that they're dealing with so some of the best things you can do is just like talk to your student like if they're having anxiety help them work through that anxiety I think that's very valuable. Yeah. Like I know yeah, that's kind of a, I know that's not exactly a concrete no, thing that's you can actually, do. That's good. But I think that's helpful. Now from Dr. Reichard, she says sleep hygiene is so important, mm. especially because what a lot of students do in the summer is what, what are we doing all night? <laughs> sleep in, uh, yeah. stay up late. Yeah, we're stay staying up late. up late. And that's Party. fine. That, that's fine. Like, you know, teenagers, natural sleep cycles sure. or to stay up later and get up late. That's fine. But if you can start kind of getting into those good habits before school starts back and even as school goes on, that can be very helpful. I've been trying to do that for 34 years. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) With a growing body and a growing brain, your body only produces certain growth hormones when you're in certain stages of sleep. Yeah. So if you're staying up all night and you got a TV going and you're staying up to one, look, scrolling through your phone, like that's not beneficial to you. Mm. So it goes back to explaining why, right? Like you can just yell at your kid and tell them, hey, put your phone in the kitchen before you go to bed. And that's probably not going to end well. Or you (laughs) could try to explain to them like, hey, this is going to help you. It's going to make you feel better during the day. This is going to help your diet. It's going to help your energy. It's going to help your overall well-being. And maybe they still don't agree with you. And maybe they still stay up. Yeah. But just developing healthy sleep habits can be so huge. Yeah. So huge. You're not going to get all ripped and jacked unless you sleep. Do you hear that? That's when your hormones kick in. I think that explains a lot, actually. The, the other the other side of this coin, and you kind of alluded to a little bit, because everybody's doing something. They're doing dance or band or they're doing something. What about student athlete? What are some of the things that would help get a student athlete ready to go back to school, which they're already back in practice, sure. especially for the fall. But I think there's some things that maybe, because one of the things about, you know, my girls, when they were leaving the morning, they had like 
12 different bags hanging off their body trying yeah, to go to their car, absolutely. you know, for absolutely. all the different practices and stuff like that. So what are some of the so, things so even, for student even more important for them is the sleep stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously we preach to our guys all the time, sleep and eat. You have to sleep, you have to eat. Cause if you're not doing that appropriately, you're already behind mm-hmm. everybody else. Yeah. It's hard to go through a whole day of school and then go to practice when you ate a pop tart for breakfast and then you skip lunch, <laughs> you're setting yourself behind. So even more so for student athletes, you need to make sure you're sleeping. You make sure you're eating. Mm-hmm. I'll just tell y'all what we tell our players. You have to get off to a strong start as a student athlete, right? You know, every school has, you know, a certain GPA you have to have. If you wait till October, do you get those first quarter grades in and then you start trying to fix stuff? That's a losing battle. Um, You have to get off to a strong start in your classes. Introduce yourself to your teacher the first day. Sit in the front of the classroom. This is all basic stuff that people have heard for years and years, but just do them. It makes a difference, right? It makes a huge difference. Because, you know, if you're a teacher and you got a kid who's, you know, borderline between a B and a C, if that student has been nothing but positive and participating in class, like, you may round that up, right? Yeah. But if that student's been a, can I say butt in here? If, he, <laughs> yeah. if, he, if he's been a yeah. butt all year in class, that's not going to help you out at all. Yeah. So be respectful. Get off to a good start. Be involved and stuff you know athletes sometimes tend to want to isolate themselves like be involved in school be involved in your classes um, be involved with different groups throughout the school that, that goes a long way in a helping you be successful but also mm. helping people like appreciate you and and your athletic program even more so be a representative you used the word representative early be a representative of your program be a good ambassador of all the lessons your coach is trying to teach you yeah yeah think that's good stuff for sure for sure and an official congratulations to you and dr Riker, <laughs> oh, as, you, as you call her yeah <laughs> which she's been on the podcast before right. i don't remember which episode but she told her me. and celeste were on and they did a great job but y'all are about to be parents we are we're expecting a little boy thomas in um end of september cool so that's not right in the middle of anything busy for me or anything nah. <laughs> I guess you can't plan these things, right? That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, we're we're very excited. Scared to death, but very excited. Yeah. Well, we'll set up some appointments with you and Patrick. He's learned a lot in the last year. <laughs> your personal coach. Hey, right trust me. I need all the all the parenting advice I can get. I don't know if I'm your guy. I can try, but I think after a year, I I have I said this before. I think I have more questions now than I did before. That's <laughs> like I, I don't think it's getting better. <laughs> You have the recency bias. You've got the information yeah, there that's still, still warm, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many things I, I just don't know. Like, I, I'm not around little children yeah. at all. You know, I'm around high schoolers. Yeah. But I'm not around infants at all. Like, things like, how often do you change a diaper? How do you know when you change a diaper? Like, all, all this stuff, like... Oh, trust me, just go. Yeah. You'll know. <laughs> and, and, and what people tell you, like, oh, you'll figure it out. And I'm sure I will. But, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just things like I have a very, kind of have an analytical mind. And, like, I just want to yeah. know, like, like, I like having a plan. Yep. And I know that's going to go out the window as soon as he gets here. Uh, you just make new plans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, get ready to watch a lot of Bluey. That's good stuff. I'm, I'm a year into this, and we've just now started watching Bluey. What is Bluey? Bluey is a, is a TV show about a dog. <laughs> you get it. It's about an uh, what is he an Australian shepherd? An Australian shepherd, a yeah. blue Australian shepherd. Yeah, yeah. so Sounds it's really good. good. It's actually very entertaining good for adults as well. I don't know. Up to this point, it's like, and maybe this is bad for my child, but I still just have kind of been watching whatever I would have watched before, and she just watches it with me. <laughs> She's she not really paying attention to the TV, you know. So does she like Game of Thrones? She, <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, I want a dragon too. I have. I, we have not been watching that. Not within the last year. She may so. unpack all this with her therapist in like twenty <laughs> yeah. years. But I mean, she's right. already seen like all the Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, oh, that's, you that's know, good Marvel stuff, movies. Man. Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff she's watching. Yeah. Lately, so. What was it? Three Men and a Baby when they were reading Sports Illustrated to the baby. <laughs> yeah. It's not what you say. It's, it's how, how you, you say. say it. And to be fair, there is there is truth in that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of parents have been complaining, especially dads about Bluey, because they get their dad really involved in all these games and creative uh-huh. things. There's like, no dad can live up to this stuff. You know, <laughs> you, know, you got to be a cartoon dog to live up to this stuff. Yeah. So, but it's good stuff. It's really fun stuff, especially the grannies. They're they're my favorite piece of it. So, Well, Coach, thanks for coming in. Hey, um, thanks for having me. This know, has been fun. Hopefully, uh, y'all have a great season over at Jackson Christian. Well, I appreciate That'll that. Be good. So. We can get a few folks out and have a, we need to have a north side night at Jackson Christian. Come on, it'll be out. fun. So yeah, that'd be fun. Come on out, it'll be fun. We've we've had students uh, play ball there. I remember back in the day when Jackson Christian they were hot, mm-hmm. tearing it up, and really meant a lot to the community. Yeah. That's one of the things I, I tell these students when I go talk to them, especially these teams. You don't realize what you mean to your community. You really don't. Yep. I mean, a lot of times, like you said, they just kind of think of their own little group. But all these teams, they mean a lot to us you know, in the community and in all of West Tennessee. So when you're doing good stuff, people notice and they're, they're proud of you. So, so get out there and do your good stuff, kids. But thanks for coming in. Before we wrap the interview up, we usually ask, how has this job impacted your faith journey? And how does your faith play a role in what you do? Sure. So the reason I became a coach, we'll start way back there, is because when I was a teenager, 14 through 18, I had men, like I had a very great relationship with my father. But outside of that, I had men who intentionally poured into me. And all those lessons we talked about earlier, they tried to teach me those things. They held me accountable. They showed me how to overcome adversity. And they showed me that being a a man is not about all the things that culture tells you Mm. being a man is. Mm. And that's why I got into coaching. So as a coach, I get to attempt to do that for the students I coach. And I think that is a little microcosm of what kingdom is, Mm, right? You look at Jesus had disciples, and essentially that's kind of what he was doing, right? Mm -hmm. And I take that part of my job very, very seriously. You know, yeah, we talk about faith, but a lot of times it's talking about stuff that that leads to that faith, right? In the past year, I talked to guys who are going through family issues. You know, how do you handle that as a Christian? How do you handle that as a young man? Because a lot of guys aren't equipped for that, mm-hmm. right? They need somebody they can talk to about that. So being able to connect with guys on that level is a huge part of my job. And for my own faith, it helps me be humble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's so tempting to make it about you, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not. And that's what I have to remind myself. It's not about me. The wins are great. You know, we love winning. You know, I call plays. We love putting up lots of points. But at the end of the day, it's not about any of that. It's not about the game. It's about these young men who we spend probably more time than anybody else in their lives. Mm-hmm. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah. So I don't know if that quite answers the question, but, but that's how it plays into my faith because I can't minister to these kids if there's a disconnect in my faith life. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So really, it's it's motivation. It's a reminder for me that I have to be I have to be in touch with my own faith walk, right? I have to be humble. I have to be patient. You know, all those fruits of the spirit, you know, <laughs> you got to embody those because if you don't, there's going to be brokenness in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 
Well, I, I think there's a lot of lessons that we can take from, you know, what you've said and what you do and apply it to us at church, you know, because you're talking about being representatives. You know, that's what we're supposed to be for our church and for, I guess, the church big picture as well for, you know, we're representatives of Jesus every time we walk out in front of people. And so just taking some of those lessons, learning how to play as a team, you know, you know, sometimes we have to sacrifice to ourselves to achieve a a larger goal. And I think there's a lot of really good lessons to be learned there. So yeah, that's good stuff. Thanks, Will. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on guys. We should do this more often. Yeah. What? I'm ready to go play some football. <laughs> You'll have to teach me. I'd play. For, you know, I think Coach could use us. And, yeah. You know, Kevin could be like a wide receiver. He's at yeah. that soccer. He's tall and long. Yeah. I can't run anymore. So you and I, we can get up on the line and yeah, move some people around. I always thought I would be really good at football. Oh, yeah. uh, I always wanted to when I was younger play, but dad got hurt when he was playing football back in high school. And because of that, he never wanted us to play and get well, hurt. You so. were always strong, have quick feet and good hands. Yeah. You, know, you, you, could, you could push some people around. I'm pretty agile for a you big are. fat guy. So. You, you, I, I remember <laughs> you did something one time in the church parking lot when you were in youth that I still, I think I've had dreams of this. Yeah. <laughs> You were standing flat-footed in the bed of my truck. I think it was my truck. It was somebody's truck, but I think it was mine. So you were flat-footed in the bed of my truck, and you just jumped up straight, leapt over the side, and landed on your own feet. There yeah. was You just jumped, like, just popped straight up. And, and I was like, I used to have, like, a 24-inch vertical. That's impressive. <laughs> when I was in high school. Because you had to come from the bottom of the bed up over the bed. And uh-huh. you, did, you didn't hit the truck, and you landed, and you just, you did, you yeah. did fine. You didn't hurt yourself. It was like you do it all the time. Yeah. I learned from physical comedians like Jack Black and Chris Farley and some of those bigger guys that are also very physical in their yeah. comedy. That's who I always well, tried to... You know, yes, you could have like. you could have done well on an <laughs> offensive or defensive line. Yeah, no doubt. So plus, you you just kind of enjoy pushing people around. I do enjoy pushing people around, especially little hurt people. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what a great conversation uh, with Will! Because I could only imagine my old English teachers. I, mean, I don't even know if they're still alive or anything. As a million yeah. years ago, you know, but. Could you imagine just having to decide, you know, did this kid write this or did a computer yeah. write it for him? It's a good thing that this was not available when I was in school. Oh, yeah. Because every single one of my papers would have been written by AI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, what did you do when you got to school early? You copy someone's paper or something yeah. like that. I mean, just. I mean, you, you always had time. those people. You'd go to, you know, like there was that one guy that lived in the dorm that you could go and you could pay him for answers for your test or for writing a paper or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's a trope in so many movies where the bully gets the smart kid to write exactly. the paper for him. Yeah. Or, well, and that's the thing is, so you say, I'd never do that. That wouldn't happen when I was a kid. Well, if you were a kid now, you'd do it because you did those things before. Uh-huh. Yeah. So don't be saying you wouldn't do that. That's just not true. But hope you're getting ready for school and a great recommendation, sleep, good food, water, all that stuff's good to yeah. be successful in the classroom and on the field court, whatever. So and that's just good advice for life, though. I mean, it is. And, and it's like one of those things it's like we all know. Sleep, eat well, 
stay hydrated, all these kinds of things are good for you. And yet, for some reason, it's so hard for a lot of us to do that kind of stuff. It's just basic stuff. It's like, go to bed at a decent hour. And I mean, right now, I have a child that I blame for why I can't. But still, I could do better at exercising and eating better and drinking more water and things like that. But Well, and we talked a lot about the AI. And if you can tell, you know, have right in class, you know, well, that's a no-brainer. I didn't even think about that. That's a good one. So, yeah. But there is, speaking of classes, there is a class now that keeps popping up on some of my social media stuff. It's like a lot of these other internet things. Each day they'll send you a thing of how to better understand AI and use AI. So uh-huh. they're kind of like trying to educate, get in on the front of it. It's kind yeah. of a promotional deal because it's here to stay. That genie's never getting back in the bottle. No. <laughs> and so you might as well learn how to use it. And so they give you these little email tips of the day about how to use all the different AIs, the writing, the art, all those things. Yeah. And so they're, you know, someone's trying to make some money <laughs> on all this, yeah. which is fun. So, yeah, so you can go to learn how to use AI school. All right. Just in your own home, on your phone, whatever. Yeah. You know, I think Will's right until we learn how to start testing with yeah. these kind of accommodations in place, you know, and not testing like we did, you know, when <laughs> Laura Ingalls was a teacher. Yeah. But <laughs> Laura Ingalls Wilder. But yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. The the most recent terrifying thing I've seen on AI is they basically put people in an MRI machine and they showed them an image and then they sort of mapped their brain scan, like what was lighting up in their brain when they looked at it. Uh-huh. And so they trained a computer based off of those brain patterns. And so then they showed another computer the brain patterns that had never seen the image before. And the computer had to guess what image based off of the brain waves. Mm. And it gets really, really close. So it's like a person looked at a picture of a giraffe. Well, this other computer showed a picture of a giraffe. It wasn't exactly the same. It looked like, you know, one of those AI art generated giraffes, but it's to the point now where not only that, they would show a video to the person and the, the person would kind of narrate in their mind what was happening in the video. And this other computer could translate that to text. Oh, wow. So your dreams are no longer safe because now they're talking about putting people in this to scan their brains while they're sleeping and the computer will basically create a video of their dreams. That would be very, very bad. That would be very, very bad. <laughs> like Now, there have horrible. been some times where I've had a dream where I'm like, man, I wish I could show somebody this dream because they'd never believe it. And then you've had those dreams where nobody, exactly. I don't even want to see that Exactly. Again. So, yeah. And that's how we're... That's how God created us to work through life, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's so. really scary. Yeah. You know, I learned uh, not long ago, a dog has the brain ability of a two-year-old. Yeah. So they can learn about that many commands. So, you know, the average dog. So what if we can start hearing and the dogs can communicate with us or cats or, yeah, you know. Well, that's true. You hook that up and then like a computer. Uh, a, a computerized voice. A computerized would, voice could come out. That would be pretty crazy. That would be crazy. Cause I mean. They, you've seen the dogs now that have those sort of like mats with the buttons. They the buttons. Where they, they, those are funny. Sometimes it's, uh, it's pretty crazy how it like, is you crazy. Know. <laughs> but, so parrots are all like worried because, you yeah. know, they're like, hey, we're the only ones that can really talk. They're yeah. stealing our thunder. But you stop and think about that. You know, nobody, speaking of your dreams, nobody would ever want to know what a cat thinks. Oh, you no. Know, that would be oh no Stephen King-ish. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I swear cats live half the time in hell. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're just like, I'll show you spit up a hairball. Yeah. So but yeah, that's um that is scary. You know, yeah. so woo-hoo. yeah, AI, get ready, y'all. 
in one way, I want to see these things, and the other, I, there's no. I want to see yours. I don't want anybody to see mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it goes to that thing of I want to see yours, but I don't want to see mine. So <laughs> and so that goes back to the dream of remember when you go start school and your first day and you arrive and stand in front of the class and you're just in your underwear and yeah. everybody's laughing at you. And why did that even become a thing? I, I don't know, but so many people have that dream. I know. Yeah. It's like a thing. So, well, school is coming up soon and um, hopefully, you know, yeah. all that stuff means a reprieve from the heat. Yeah. So, and remember to wear pants to school. Remember so. to wear pants and don't <laughs> fulfill your dreams. Yeah. So. <laughs> don't fulfill your dreams. That's the tagline of our podcast. Where's that now? Don't, don't fulfill your, your dreams. <laughs> hey, we've uh, been taking a big chunk of time off in July, and there's been a lot going on up here at the yeah. church. You probably saw a big dumpster, and now we need a new light pole. Yeah. Because <laughs> a it's always dump truck took out a light pole in the back. Yeah. Which a concrete light pole? That's impressive. I've seen. That's cars- Impressive work. I've seen cars hit that thing, and yeah. I know for a fact that pole has taken out three cars. Yeah. Two different cars and a Silverado. Yeah. I know for a fact that particular pole had a pretty good body count. So to but, see it get taken down, that's uh, pretty But impressive. the cool thing is when we went out there, they told us about it. We went out there, the light was still on. Uh-huh. That <laughs> it was, was laying down, but yeah. So a lot been going on around the church. A vacation Bible school happened, and yeah. uh, you know we did the Africa trip. There's been like, a lot happening, but here we are back to August, yeah. and we're about to kick things up again. Yeah. So what do we have coming at us? Well, we have an amazing update to share with you. <laughs> Starting Wednesday, August 9th, we are thrilled to introduce our brand new Wednesday night schedule. So it's going to be filled with fellowship, learning, and fun for everyone. Cool. Yeah. So five o'clock, we're going to have dinner like normal, fellowship dinner in Hope Hall. And then at 6.15, we're going to have all of our activities. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be Bible studies, children's stuff, youth stuff, choir practice, anything else that happens on a Wednesday all night is going to happen at 6.15. Yeah. So that's the new schedule. Hopefully we'll, you know, be able to get people home a little earlier to get kids into bed and we'll have a little more extended time to fellowship, you know, around dinner time. Yeah. So I think it'll be it'll be really good. And everything ends on Wednesday night at what time? Seven fifteen. Seven fifteen. Yeah. Okay. So. We haven't really been advertising an end time, but everything's gonna start at six fifteen because I think uh like I raised, are planning to go a little bit longer. I think youth thirties when we're yeah. I think, I think youth children is, too, and I think so. choir practice is planning to go seven thirty as well. But I think yeah. the Bible studies are just technically an hour. But again, yeah. at the discretion of the class, if they want to keep going, yeah. we're not going to stop them. So yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that'll that'll be good. So that's a our change. Yeah, so that'll be good. Kick up the new school year, fresh start mm-hmm. on stuff. So yeah, I think it'll be good for us. And then that second Sunday in August. Is Promotion Sunday. Yes. Is that the the 13th? I believe it is. Yes, because we have a lot going on that Sunday. Brian Lee's going to kick up his new sermon series. Um, It's called Jesus Shaped People. So be on the lookout for that. That's going to be a good series, I think. I've seen some outlines for it. So so. help me. So it's Jesus shaped like the shape of Jesus or Jesus shapes you? Yes. <laughs> it works on multiple layers. That's There's two different beasts there. Exactly. You know, so that, that could be an yeah. interesting adventure. So Jesus-shaped people. And that's going to start August 13th. Also, August 13th, like you said, is Promotion Sunday. Or not. Oh, is it not? Is <laughs> yes. It, is it the 6th? It's the 6th. I just okay. looked at it. See? So. See, Glenn's throwing me off. I was wrong. August 6th August is, 6th promotion is Promotion Sunday. Yay! And Daphne's preaching on August 6th. Okay. Yes, so my fault. I was totally wrong because, again, 
I use my calendar. I have to look at it. Okay, so, so yeah, this coming Sunday, August the 6th, yes. <laughs> is Promotion Sunday. Yes, and I, I know that they're asking some of the adult classes to help us out. For the first time ever, we're going to do like a parade and yeah. march the fifth graders towards the youth building yeah. or towards the gym, and the children are going to make a big parade. We want everybody out there clapping, kind of like a senior walk yeah. or something. We're calling it the fifth grade clap out. Clap out. Clap yeah. out. So everybody's going to stand in the hall and kind of clap as everybody, and as then, all the fifth graders move. To- and then we're going to meet them at the stairs in the Hope Hall corridor area uh-huh. at the stairs and the children are going to hand them off over to the youth group and then we're going to bring them all the way to the, rest the gym the, the rest of the way so that'll be good we're handing them off this is going to be good I'm excited it'll be about fun this. Yeah, yeah it won't take long but so Miranda's put something in your Sunday school classes to yes. help you prepare so that'll be fun okay and then and August then. August 13th the next Sunday so oh yeah okay August 6th promotion Sunday August 9th New Wednesday schedule, August 13th. Getting in shape with Jesus. Getting in shape with Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) We're also bringing back coffee with the pastors on August 13th. So at 10 o'clock a.m., if you are new to Northside or just want to get to have a conversation with the pastors, get to know them a little bit better, you know, let them get to know you a little bit better. Coffee with the pastors is going to be in the Hope Hall Kitchen serving area Mm -hmm. at 10 o'clock a.m. during the Sunday school time on August 13th. So if you want to mosey on down that way to the end of the hall, past Hope Hall, down to the kitchen. Do they have donuts? I'm not 100% sure. That's a Nancy Gay question. If you want donuts to be there, (laughs) everybody email nancy at northsidejackson.com and say, we need donuts at Coffee with the Pastors. Yes. I know there's going to be coffee. Beyond that, I don't know what else she's she's serving. (laughs) Or what what is like coffee cake? Coffee cake's good. Yeah. Is that yeah. a breakfast thing, though? I mean, I guess it can Could be. be. Brunch. Depends brunch-ish. on if it's the first thing you eat in the day. Brunchish. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, get in shape with Jesus. That'll be uh, another way. See, I, I can yeah. add one more way. You are. <laughs> but you got to come hear the sermons or check them out online or something because I'm probably wrong. So <laughs> You're probably wrong. Probably wrong. <laughs> We're going to have a very special guest next week on the podcast, Brian Lee is going to be sitting down with us to talk. And, you know, we can ask him about getting in shape with Jesus. About getting in shape with Jesus. Really get to the to the heart of the matter. Yeah. <laughs> so Brian's been our interim yes. pastor, serving as our interim pastor, and we're so thankful to have his help. But, yeah, that'll be fun to sit down and get to know him better. Yeah. So. Be cool. And then, And after then the that, next week, we're going to sit down with Millie Hayes, yeah. um, who is coming on full-time here at the church. She's been here for a decade now, helping in the Hope Hall service, mm-hmm. um, but she's coming on full-time now to help with our music ministry. So we're going to get to sit down with her and get to talk to her yeah. and get to know a little bit more about her. And Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, I think she has a new puppy. I have met this puppy. Hear so about yes. the puppy. Yeah. I've not met the puppy yet. So. We'll see if she'll bring the puppy. We'll, we'll take a picture <gasps> yeah, and put, put it on Instagram. That'd so. be fun. So yeah. So and then uh, Brian and Millie, and then we have some really fun stuff coming up. We're going to talk about some pretty hard hitting, deep stuff too. Yeah, we've, we've had too much of this fluff. Yeah, too so. much fluff. But I know a lot of people have gone to see the Sound of Freedom movie. Yeah, and so we're going to open up the pages and have a conversation about that. You know, in a couple three weeks, and yeah, that's a tough topic, but we're. <laughs> It shares several things at the end, and you know we're the ones that lead all of that stuff of the trafficking and the slavery and all. United States is number one in all that, which yeah. is but yeah, 
we've got to change that. We, we need to do better. And so I think it's important, you know, a lot of churches, I think this movie has helped them go, yeah, that needs to change. Yeah. So. If you haven't seen the movie yet, I would highly encourage you to go for see adults. it. For adults. Yeah, it's for adults. I mean, it's tough to watch. Yeah. But I would encourage you to go see the movie and um, at least listen to it before we release our episode so you can be informed on the topic as we're, we're uh, talking yeah, about it. Of and, human trafficking. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a good movie and really does bring a lot to light that yeah. we need to be. And we'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks. So, yep. so stay tuned. There we go. So, yeah, there we go. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for podcasting with me. Well, anytime. And thanks to all of you out there in the world for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at Northside Now Podcast. Go to our website, northsidejackson.com, or email us at podcast at northsidejackson.com. We hope to hear from you soon. Once again, this is Patrick. Caribou! <laughs> and that's what's happening at Northside Now. Northside Now.